This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, an unofficial podcast for Leader Games Root. Episode 191. Learning the Vagabond. Expansions. Featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson. Music by Brian Capillis. Give me a bit now. Thank you. <laughs> One bit, please. Present present a bit for me. Um, okay. What about a bit where you're eating trash out mm-hmm. of the garbage? Mm-hmm. So go get some garbage. And Are you sure this is going to translate over podcast medium? I think it sounds great. And what we need to do is we get the microphone right in the garbage can yep. while you're eating the garbage. Yeah. You're going to play the vagrant. Let's be right. specific. You're going to play the vagrant in this in this bit mm-hmm. that I am writing. Mm-hmm. I'm the writer and director. Writer <laughs> and director of the bit. Uh, and you eat garbage and I watch. Mm. That's what happens. This is a weird dream you've definitely had before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. And I'm and I'm in in a, in a toga, you know. I'm mm-hmm. like a Roman emperor mm-hmm. and you're in the you know it's we're in the coliseum yeah and you're down and everyone's watching and you're just eating garbage you're going to town on it (laughs) (laughs) so he's eating garbage and welcome to i just want to welcome you this week to space cast He's doing what I tell him to now. Candy. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, now you did it, and that that felt good. Do you, do you feel better now? Does it feel like a good energy? I'm covered in crumbs. Yeah. Good. Garbage. You mean not crumbs? Because you were eating garbage there. Well, it was right part of the, the performance. Um, yeah. And so for the performance, I used, you know, you have to use prop safe materials. Um, you do? Why? Especially for consumption. I mean, you can't have your actor, you can't have your lead actor eating literal garbage. Hunter. Your lead actor? I'm your lead actor. I'm the I am the lead and actor Hunter, and director I, I and writer. I have some complaints about my writers. Um, not writer, oh, yeah? writer. Writer, that, okay. Uh, that trailer was hardly sufficient. Yeah, well, I requested is... I requested the largest trailer on the set. Right. And I do note that Robert Pattinson had a larger trailer than me. I don't feel like we're even connected to my original vision for this mm. bit now. You've kind yeah. of moved on to something else. I I invoked the, Improv. You know, the real life of the performance and, and no, I found no, a new no. way for it to go and I felt Let it me, was, I felt it was an expansion and it was growing. No. No. Um, no. A lot of people better. think improv is about yes and, but actually it's about I'm in charge and you are my little marionette puppet and do as I say. That's how improv Hunter, works. you and I did improv together one time in high school yeah and that is a hundred percent what the dynamic was <laughs> <laughs> well you that know was what though the energy it's funny that you bring that up because yeah i like i feel like when we did improv together i don't know if i was just if i was being super co- commandering i had but I no just, confidence and yes. you were and you were sort of a you were a you know had I your just, vision 
I just had jokes. I yeah. was just like, let's do this joke and then this right. joke and then and this I was like, joke. That sounds good. I don't know. Sure, sure. I'm really nervous to be here. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I wish I wish we had just kept doing improv together. Instead, I did it with some guy named Justin. Yeah. And I, th that didn't really pan out. I'm not doing a <laughs> podcast with Justin right now. You know what I mean? Just where's Justin? Justin, Justin's if you're out now. there, Hunter misses you. I don't miss you. I don't miss <laughs> Justin. Me and Justin didn't pan out as friends and people. Okay. Uh, obviously, I had the right improv partner next to me the whole time. I just didn't. We just didn't keep going. I don't know. I why. wasn't there yet. Um. Okay. Now I feel sufficiently ready to get into some argument errata. Um. <laughs> Hunter, I'd love it if you if you presented the errata to me. Sure. Now I'm in charge. This is I'll my show. It. I'm directing yeah. the action. Also, by the way, this is this is Space Cats Peace Turtles. This yeah, is a show about about uh, two board games. Um, but yeah, today today the bit went long, which is good. Um, Argent <laughs> Arata. Okay, so we're talking about the Argent Flight, uh, the Bird People from TI Four POK. This is from Stads. Just to re-explain the order thing, since it came up, I like going AI Dev into War Sons into String. Uh, string wing alpha two. That's what it says. <laughs> Strike wing. <laughs> Strike wing alpha two. String wing though. That's canon. Uh, string wing alpha two. In that specific order, uh, because you have to exhaust AI dev to research war suns, but not to research Strike wing alpha two. So you exhaust it round two for war sun research, then can exhaust it for two dollars round three after you researched string wing alpha two. If you do it in the other order, you'd have to wait for round four to build War Suns with the AI dev discount. Yes. So the idea okay. here being there is kind of a... Really, the order is technically almost negligible based on the timing of when you can actually even realistically get a War Sun out with the money that you have access to. Uh -huh. so, there's, so there's some value in... AI dev, then War Sun, then Strike Wing Alpha. I didn't want to lay this all out. I basically set, I basically set Stads up knowing he'd he'd serve me this errata. It was like I intend on making this errata Whoa. in the next episode. I had no intent of talking about it because I knew it'd get talked about here. Uh, but yeah, I think this is a totally valid. If you know with certainty that you have a War Sun game in front of you, this is a good route to go. Because like he says, you do AI dev into War Suns using AI dev to get the War Suns, and then the next round. You get Strike Wing Alpha, and AI dev is tapped not for technology, but to pay for a War Sun. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it count? I, I got to ask this, though. Does it count as errata if you sort of, like, inceptioned it into <laughs> their mind? Because if anything, I, I think we should just, you know, cross out Stad's name and put Matt from the past. Well, this was pre-errata from Stad's that I didn't include in the episode. So I oh. guess this is delayed <laughs> pre-errata. Not okay, this specific that... point. This is errata, but Stad's also explained this timing as pre-errata and I didn't include it. So anyway, yes. there's there's your peek behind the curtain. <laughs> Perfect. Um, next one is from uh, Connors. Connors, sorry. Uh, being able to build unlocked ground forces is also a great use of the agent. I don't think... That was mentioned in the episode. I don't think it was either. Yeah, it wasn't. Good point. Uh, we talked mostly about the idea that your agent allows you to fill out your home system, and that is kind of the primary use, is to improve the defenses of what would normally be a very hard-to-defend home system. 
but it can't be overstated how generally useful it can be to build adjacent to the home where you got a couple destroyers parked and then those destroyers take those new ground forces to go do something active uh, because you don't have to lock down the systems that are adjacent to your home system when you build in your home system. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Super useful. Great. Great point. Thank you, Connors. Thanks, Connors. Um, next one is from Absol. Uh, so this will be lore related. Well, this is um, for you specifically. This is for me. Okay. <laughs> it's... So we were talking about the uh, Argent Flight home system. And one of the planets, I couldn't remember how it was pronounced, even though Absol had already told me. <laughs> it's Yulir. I tend to write it as Yulir when uh, spelling it phonetically, because the first syllable is very short and quick. But I think more people will get it right if I spell it out as Yulir. So it's basically Yulir. 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 There it is. Um, that's Yeah, that's one of the planets in the Argent Flight home system we did it all right thank you uh by the way thank you absol for for being patient <laughs> thank you um, connors and thank you stads for being no no patient <laughs> no thanks for them um chilios uh has the next one hi i am i love it when people write it like a hi. letter like <laughs> that's i'll good. take my i'll take my answer off the air <laughs> hi i am here to file a serious complaint about the mech tier list this is the type of feedback we get every day <laughs> i do not care about your ordering of the three mechs but i do care that you did not include necro necro's mech as a space mech and i am very angered and outraged by this tier lists are serious business and you your disregard for the matter was not very baba booey of you <laughs> so I think this is a bit. I think Chilios is doing a bit. I just want to say the tone, though. This is perfect. Spot it's on. as if it's as perfect if Chilios has read other people saying stuff about the show, which is kind of perfect. Um, so yeah, Necro Mech, of course, can fly into space, but it's not because of the Necro Mech that it can do that. It's because of, of course, Necro's amazing flagship. So who gets the credit, Chilios? Yeah, I ask you. Right. The Mech or the flagship? Flagship's doing all the work, right? I really gonna give i'm gonna bump up the necro like i'm we're when we do tier list well first of all it's just a scam um to, <laughs> if we're doing a tier list it's a scam uh just trying to get those clicks we've baby. already but tricked you <laughs> we've already tricked you if you if you listen to it it is a trick and 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 i'll tell you this i don't know that i've ever cared about a tier list episode ever yeah. they're for fun um <laughs> if we're doing a mech tier list Maybe the philosophy, Chilios, is that we're putting the mechs in a vacuum, okay? Mm. We're putting them in a vacuum, and in a vacuum, the necromech does not get to go to space. Yeah. Okay? What, we were, what we were actually talking about there is that was strategy. That was part of our strategy guide for Franken, right? So when you, when you draft one of the other three mechs, when you draft a necromech, <laughs> you didn't get diddly squat, my friend. Got ya. Got you, Chilios. We were talking about Franken draft. We decided it right now, <laughs> after the fact. Yeah, can't be gotten. I do think this point is very important, though. Uh, if only because uh, Hunter, it forces our hand. We have to do flagship tournament two point one. Oh no! Because guess what? We didn't do in the flagship tournament. What did we not do? We did not allow Necro. We didn't. We gave everybody infantry. We didn't give Necro starting mechs, and that would have drastically no. improved their performance in the flagship tournament. Flagship tournament two point one confirmed right here, right now. <laughs> this is an exclusive. This is coming to you live, recorded. Uh huh. We'll do it someday. <clears throat> everybody wants it. 
Mm-hmm. It's the most popular series within the show <laughs> is the flagship tournament. It's funny how hated the first one was, but how the second one was actually quite a good stream that was very fun to do. Still a terrible uh, podcast episode, but that's why we made it also not a podcast episode for you all. Right. I'm right. ready. I'm ready, Hunter. I'm ready to do uh, the real episode, though. Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready Let's to Let's get into it. This is yours. I, okay. I'm hanging out, right. but I... I this one's barely would. mine. To be honest with you, this one's barely mine. Here's the thing. We are in uh, we're in Vagabond Week, as we're calling it. Uh, technically, this episode is coming out before the episode that we guested on Woodland War Machine, the uh, the unofficial root podcast that is yeah. ours is ours is at time. Ours is the part time unofficial root podcast. But there's a full time unofficial full-time. root podcast called Woodland mm-hmm. War Machine, um, and they're going to be on this episode later in the in in, in this time code. But then also, later this week, on Thursday, check out their release for us on their Vagabond Part 2 episode. And last week, they did a Vagabond Part 1 episode. So because we could sandwich our Vagabond episode in between their two Vagabond episodes, we decided this week will now forever be known as Vagabond Week. Vagabond Week. Love it. Love it. And so Uh, we, we we have business to attend to when we did our Vagabond episode. We covered all of the mechanics of the Vagabond in general. And then we really only had time to get specifically into the three base game Vagabonds. Not that there's like a world of difference in playstyles between all the different Vagabonds, but there are some differences that are worth noting. And we just didn't have time to talk about all nine Vagabonds. So here we are today covering the remaining six Vagabonds. There will not be an overview of the mechanics of Vagabond. Please go listen to episode 157, Vagabond base game. But we are going to do... 157? That's how that's long, how long ago, ago it was? it was. It's been a long time. Well, because we had to do... We did all the other expansion factions first, and now we're coming back around to Vagabonds. So... Wow. It's been a while, my friend. We were, pro- we were probably show. This we're is slow, like... and we were not as nearly as uh, knowledgeable about Root when we did that Vagabond episode. That's for sure. Although, I listened to most of it, and I think, I think our ideas hold at least a little bit of water um i mean what's the shelf life on a space cat speed turtles right. episode six months three weeks yeah like yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no let's get into it i have got first up we're doing this in kind of a fun order uh which is um so late later today we're gonna we're gonna actually have fun with woodland war machine for now we have to we have to just do business we have business to attend to and talk about strategy and important things so uh i have put these in my arbitrary this is how bad i think the factions are so from worst to best this is my official tier list my official ranking of the vagabonds uh and i stand Uh, by just the expansion ones though just the expansion ones yeah the base game ones all fit in pretty highly and i stand by nothing said here uh in terms of the rankings of these i can find any argument to move any of these up or down but first up a pretty commonly agreed worst vagabond can you guess it hunter well, you, you have the script in front of you. Could you have guessed no, it no, before no. writing the script? Well, here, let me uh, try and forget about it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here, I'm going to... Shut up. Just stop laughing. Is it the Gronin? Oh, it's the Gronin. It's Ronin. <laughs> the Ronin is the dark raccoon uh, with, with the samurai outfit on. And uh, the important things to note about the Ronin, they have an ability, Swift Strike. After rolling in battle, you may exhaust a sword to deal an extra hit. So they can deal extra hits outside of what you've rolled. Mm-hmm. And they start with two boots, a torch, and a sword. Uh, so 
an interesting vagabond here we've got. Uh, a sword start is never bad, right? Because you start with a, at least a little bit of ability to protect yourself. And you're never undefended. You're never undefended. Nice. Uh, very, very important. However, outside of that, uh, can't say I need two boots very much in the early game. Not really any use for that. I'm, all I'm doing in the early game is slipping from ruin clearing to ruin clearing. So I, I, it's hard to fathom what the two boots are for. Dude, sometimes I don't even need a single boot <laughs> as Vagabond. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if it's kind of a boring start and nobody uh, crafted any items, yeah. Yeah. then all I'm doing is slipping out of the woods into the first clearing with the ruin, right. grabbing that item, Pass. and then waiting till next time. <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, not super great. I don't know. But I also feel like that uh, that ability not good no really don't like that ability no it's That's it is effectively um i mean because here's the thing you have to exhaust a sword to do it so once you have more than one sword like you've used a sword to do the battle your second sword you could use to deal one more hit or you could use your second sword to do another battle and deal two hits right right so yeah. the math just doesn't really check out the extra hit here's here's when i find uh the extra hit useful um it is when you let's say you have three swords. You got your you got your hand on three swords. You mm -hmm. did some damage, and you were shy of one warrior dying. One cat didn't die, and underneath that one cat is like two buildings and some wood. Right? Mm -hmm. That's when I would swift strike because now my second attack is against a defenseless cats. Sure. That's when I want to do the extra attack because otherwise, if I didn't, if I decided not to tap the other sword. I would have to do a second fight, and that second fight could roll bad and could also, it's not defenseless, so I'm getting no extra hits. And that, that is pretty much the only time I think it's useful to use Swift Strike, is if it, if it guarantees you access to tokens on your next fight, which also means you require three swords to be able to do this at all, which you are not yeah, guaranteed too bad three swords. Even the situation you just, just described kind of already has a built-in Vagabond solution, which is the crossbow. Yeah, so. right, right. You could have just gotten a crossbow and, and done that. Anyway, now you don't get a crossbow, you know, every game. Yeah. So I guess there's that. So right. yeah. So they uh -huh. had the extra condition of you didn't have a crossbow. You had three swords. Yeah. And you left one warrior remaining in a fight. You know, it's a weird ability if you have to Christmas land make up <laughs> a very specific hypothetical, yeah. and then even your hypothetical has a caveat of well, but also this needs to have happened because yeah. you have another tool that just does that. So Absolutely. I don't know. Not great. I also don't even get what it has to do with being a ronin you know like i feel like there could be a little more flavor here you yeah, know right i feel like they're just like well ronin there that's like a samurai sword but a ronin also is a specific type of samurai you know what i mean like I it's it's like a it's like a, a a ronin is a samurai with no master like a mercenary oh. just wandering the land it's like a good a ronin is an good extra for vagabond a samurai right yeah interesting yeah yeah so actually you did actually kind of nail it there of just like if if you were going to make a vagabond you couldn't do a vagabond samurai because that doesn't make any sense because samurais have jobs you know like they're doing something <laughs> samurais do vagabond, taxes come on man <laughs> yeah yeah samurai do taxes I, I believe you know uh some some just quick opening ideas if you nab yourself an early sword, that's when I would start punching right away because you've right. got two boots to back you up. So you are not going to be inhibited by any movement um, that you normally would be if you were hostile, right? Once you go hostile with somebody, you need two boots to enter their territory. And since the Ronin are ready to do that from the get-go, if your first 
uh, explore as a sword, you technically could start punching right away. The other downside to the Ronin, though, is you start with four items inside the satchel, which means you need a bag right away. Uh, if, if you if you get a couple explorers done and you don't get a bag, you become very desperate for that bag to happen. Um, it, right. is, it is entirely possible to only explore and then have to damage an item before you get the bag. If the bag is your fourth exploration, you're going to lose an item. That sucks. Yeah. That's that's actually the biggest problem here. Because right. like a lot of the Vagabonds have a special ability that isn't that important or not going to yeah. factor in. So that's not that big of a deal. The start uh, is kind of lame. Yeah. But just the fact that we start with four items and none of them are really that great. Yeah. And we need a bag desperately. Ugh. Rough. I will say there is one built-in thing too for the Ronin though. If you if you find yourself in that scenario where you have to damage an item um, on your like final explore or whatever, um, well, this almost works. Boy, you can't do it with just exploration. I was gonna say you can you can destroy the torch. At a certain point, you can destroy the torch because Swift Strike does not use the torch. So once right. you're done exploring, the torch is useless. But in the scenario I just described, that actually doesn't work because you would technically right. have one more explore left to get that back. Yep. So you absolutely yep. can't destroy the torch. So it's bad all around. It, it just yeah. doesn't. It's not helpful. Oh, yeah. let's. I mean, the Christmas land horrible opening for Ronin is, is they explore and, they d and the bag ends up being the last. And the sword is the second to last. You don't get a, a bonus oh. sword to pull anything else off. You have no horrible. other pathway to go down yeah it's very bad um the only other thing i would say about ronin is in that mid game you can lean a little bit on the idea that you are the worst faction the, the worst vagabond normally people are very afraid of the vagabond but you get to kind of sit in this area of like listen i'm a mm -hmm. trash vagabond right. so don't just go punching me let me be your police officer let me find my second sword maybe you can right. craft me a sword i can you know they can get up to four swords four swords adventure link to the okay um so <laughs> they are able to go around and help other factions. Right. Um, so you I, that's a hard meta to, to tow, but some, some groups will let you get away with it, and that's what you can definitely lean into. All of these weaker Vagabonds can rest on that at least a little bit. The idea of, like, listen, I'm not a good Vagabond. Come on. You don't need to punch right. me. Why waste your time? Go punch, right. go punch the Eerie. Go turmoil the Eerie or something. Yeah. Yeah, just, just that's the strategy is just say that you suck a lot. Just be like, <laughs> I'm the worst. I'm so bad. Oh, I'm such <laughs> I'm a loser. I'm just a stupid idiot. I'm, I'm not going to win. I'm not oh, do I'm, that's, we recommend that as a strategy yeah, yeah, yeah. here at SCPT. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got the Vagrant. Uh, our Vagrant friend is a cute little possum. Uh, Loki, my absolute favorite Vagabond in all respects. Favorite ability, uh, favorite start, favorite artwork. Love it all. Not saying it's especially good. I'm obviously ranking it here second second to worst, but mm -hmm. I don't care. I'll play Vagrant every game if it were up to me. Um, I don't like playing the super-powered Vagabonds, honestly. It's not very fun. <laughs> so playing a weak Vagabond that you get to be like, hey, don't punch me. I'm probably going to have a bad game anyways um, right. is really nice. But the Vagrant's ability is definitely better than the Ronin's. So the yeah. Vagrant starts with Instigate. You exhaust your torch to initiate a battle in your clearing. You choose and remove pieces for both attacker and defender. So that initiate right. a battle is between yourself and another faction or two completely independent factions. You can make two factions fight each other, uh, which is super duper cool. Um, and you start with a coin, a torch, and a boot. So the coin is not in your satchel, notably. So you start with just a, a torch and a boot in the satchel, which means you can basically go exploring all you want and not you, you have no fears. You're never going to max out on your items or whatever. Um, but you don't start with a sword, so you start defenseless. So you're actually also very easy 
to get slapped, and you don't have uh, an especially good mobility factor to prevent that. So your only defense is the fact that you draw extra cards, and you have to just beg everyone to let you aid them. <laughs> don't punch me. I'll give you cards if you don't punch me. Is like your only out in the early game. Matt, you've been doing some research games for um, the Vagabond expansion factions. Um, what uh, do you feel like people have given you space as Vagrant, or have people kind of been like, no, we're going to make sure that you don't have any room to maneuver. How do you uh, feel? I ha I have definitely been given space as Vagrant. Um, it's very easy to look at the items on their sheet and be like, eh, no, there's nothing. I mean, basically, Vagrant is one where if they did decide to go punch you, that one person would punch you, and that's it. Like, nobody else has to do anything. And that's probably the only time. That's going to set you far enough back. It's not the thing. Like, with, with other way better Vagabonds, you need to get them into the forest twice as fast as possible. Right. That is not the case with the Vagrant. So even if they did punch you once, you can be like, okay, you did the bad... You you did it. Good job. Good job, everybody. I'm pretty right. much out of this game. Um, I have definitely... I've had multiple Vagrant games where I ended at, like, 20. Like, kind of not even in Oof. the running for the for the, the final thing. Because you just... The, the other thing with the Vagrant is they're, they're really easy to deny in other ways. People don't even need to attack you. The way people deny you is hoarding swords. If right. the Eerie puts swords in their decree, or even just people discard their sword cards, if nobody crafts a sword, it's really hard for you to get two hammers. You don't start with a hammer. You'll find one in the uh, ruins, but if nobody else, if nobody crafts a hammer or a sword, it's unlikely you'll ever craft your own, which right. means you are stuck with one sword all game long, which means you are just never going to be the threat that the table needs to worry about, which is why the Vagrant gets the opportunity to actually lean a little bit more into aiding than anything else. And maybe some quest stuff, but questing requires items that you still also might not get. So aiding right. is actually your best bet because you can get yourself, um, you start with a coin, so you're getting extra card draw every single turn, and, and Vagabond doesn't have a huge need for cards. So you can do lots of aiding. Obviously you want to aid for items, but you'll, I, I think as Vagrant, you will give cards away uh, for for just the points alone. I forgot. How many hammers are in the deck? Is there just one? There is only a single anvil in the deck. Ah. There's one anvil token, and there's one anvil card. You have one shot to get a hammer. Well, I, w I mean, I was going to say, like, oh, well, our advantage here is card draw. But if we just need one specific yeah. card out of the whole it's deck, hard. that's not fun, buddy. Yeah. Man, that's, that's hard. So I, c I feel like... I feel like it'd be pretty easy for people to just say, oh, Vagrant's in. Nobody craft any swords. Yep. We That's just all happened to pledge. Me almost We're every not time. doing it. Yeah. yeah. Which is why then instigate becomes a pretty critical ability because there's two ways to think about instigate. Um, one, instigate can just be a sword. It can be your extra sword. You never found a second sword. You're not doing a lot of damage with your only sword, but at least mm -hmm. you don't have to tap your sword to do a fight, right? So instead, I can tap my torch instigate myself into a battle use you know do my damage and then do a second fight with my actual sword tapping my sword for a battle so you can still fight twice but you are maxed out on a single hit which is not it's good, not though. no it's not good i'm just saying that is your sort of gimme that's that's your backup plan if everything else let me ask you out. some questions about instigate because i'm a little confused as to how it works sure. so you you burn the torch you can start a fight in your clearing. It can involve you or it can involve other players. Yeah. Can I get points? If I if I have two other players fight each other, do I get points? Yes. You remove pieces for both attacker and defender. And the vagabond is where it is when you remove pieces in battle, you gain points. So 
the the big the other way you think about instigate is like oh i can make eerie and cats attack each other and mm -hmm. i'll get points for all their stuff so the big thing with that though is ideally before you instigate that combo fight you need to have killed one of each of their units so that when you do the combo fight you're getting all of the points possible because the other okay. thing with vagabond is when you do a fight you the first one you kill opens up your scoring opportunities but you don't score off the first one or whatever so ideally you've already done the damage elsewhere which is why you you really don't see instigate making two other players attack each other very often because it's actually right. somewhat rare for like two factions to have a fat stack in the same territory um, this ability well is and even even in that situation if it's a bunch of warriors on both sides we're at most rolling two threes and we get six points right honestly for a, a vagabond action that's not no that's, that's not, not a whole good. lot like no. you're, you generally you're, can set that up as a better vagabond yeah. uh with structures and stuff the way i've found it the most useful is when you again this is luck this is christmas landy kind of stuff but when you get a situation where uh lizards are kind of a vagrant's best friend because lizards might get into a situation where they turn a cat building into a lizard building and then they drop like a single lizard there to protect it sure and then you have like a one turn opportunity to get in there and like you i mean i've had this happen in games where there's like two cats a cat building one lizard and a lizard building right so mm -hmm. now if i jump into that clearing and instigate them against each other i'm probably killing a building either way or sure. I'll clear enough warriors where then I can tap my sword that I hopefully have by this point and I can kill the cardboard myself in a in a battle. My yeah. goal is to make that clearing defenseless for one of the two factions. Right, right. Or to kill the stuff outright. You sometimes you get either or. So so lizards are really your best opportunity to play vagrant, in my opinion. Maybe something like corvids can pull that off too corvids kind of end up in all these weird spots so you you can really leverage a corvid player being like mixing up things for an eerie and then you you jump in there and make the corvids in the eerie fight to clear the corvid token or whatever there's a little stuff like that but I, I would say those are your two favorite factions but there's loads of factions that are useless to you because they very rarely end up in the same clearing together when eerie and cats are in the same game more often than not any clearing eerie goes to they end up clearing a lot of the cats on their like they have something in battle and they have to fight the cats and they do that or whatever. It's, right. It's it's not as often to see that kind of entanglement. But Vagrant is absolutely looking for entanglement to have happened to, to be able to capitalize on instigate. But this is don't rely on that is basically the idea. And you really don't have a lot to rely on in general. You don't have another backup plan that's better, but you all you absolutely can't like exhaust everything you have just to get to a clearing to instigate. That's that's spending to you might never get a t in this game too by the way right uh, so yeah. it's like there's a lot of things you can be very item starved as vagrant which means then pulling off any big instigate maneuvers can always be really difficult yeah yeah and and uh just to just to clarify how many like do do we can we instigate over and over can we instigate every turn well it's i mean yes it's it's your torch ability so every you know sure. you can only do it once a turn but you can do it every single time you don't you don't lose the torch or anything like that so once right around you definitely can instigate um so. i'm just wondering if if the fact that you can do it over and over maybe it does have a little more value than i'm giving it credit for in my head right because it always, we can somehow get hostile right. and we're the, kind of in the, the big clear. problem there is it's conditional on the board state basically and there's going right. to be board states where you can make little advantages with it and there's going to be board states where you can't i would say it like in the mid game and in the situation you're describing hunter where you're like really just trying to make a point to use it every turn it is best used by yourself attacking somebody else 
because sure. it's rare for somebody else to have enough stuff in the clearing too. Sometimes yeah. it happens and you you save yourself taking any damage, right? That's the advantage is if even if there's like a if there's like two eerie warriors in a clearing with somebody else, I might as well instigate the eerie warriors because then I don't have to soak the hits between the two people doing damage to each other. Right. And if this frustrates the other players too much, then they're going to start yeah. hitting you and you're not the best at uh taking hits. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know, rough. It sounds like a rough a uh, vagabond with a cool uh, ability. That's, so that's and that's why it's my favorite because it's a rough vagabond, which means you don't get the heat. You can still have fun playing the the vagrant. I think oftentimes, mm -hmm. and and you won't. I mean, you can have really boring games where you literally just get no items, and it's like I'm I've got nothing here. I'm not doing anything. Right. So that definitely happens. But I think generally I have the most fun uh, with the vagrant because every once in a while that ability does something cool. Rarely, cool. but every once in a while. Uh, all right. Next up is probably the second most fun uh vagabond again we're in that tier now we're in that like mid mid low tier of vagabonds where you can actually have fun playing the vagabond because you're not a superpower that has to be dealt with but you're not so bad that you're just like useless at doing anything and this is the scoundrel the weird pumpkin faced cat i don't know what is this what is this guy uh yeah so it's like we were talking about the art earlier and actually how um it's confusing as to what exactly is being go like what are we going for here because the cat it's a cat i think yeah and it's wearing uh like a mask a pumpkin mask yeah that makes it look sort of like a mechanical cat i might sure. just be reaching there but it looks in general me. impersonating the orange cats right it's, it's yes and it's cut out from a pumpkin that we got i just want to go ahead and say the scoundrel art might be the best yeah. Are in the game yeah because look how much i'm getting out of it um <laughs> the scoundrel i th almost feel i might just be projecting here we need to get kyle on the line but i almost feel like there's like a halloween yeah oh thing going there on was like it. a halloween and I don't mean, there, there's like a halloween scenario they made at one point when when leader games was like we're gonna make scenarios for roots there's like a trick-or-treat scenario that sure. revolves around the scoundrel so the so when I say Halloween though I'm talking John Carpenter I'm talking True. Mike yes. Myers yeah 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 is what I'm getting out of this I'm getting like the scoundrel has for root okay and I might just be projecting here Kyle Kyle yeah <laughs> I kind of feel like the scoundrel's got a little bit of like a slasher flick serial killer kind of yeah. vibe that's just the, what I'm getting here's out the of it, thing all right? here's the thing all right Kyle your art it's real cute and this guy's like oh he's like a little woodland arsonist right because we'll get to but the that ability. knife dude but then you're Look carrying knife. a knife you gave him a knife it's a realistic knife it's yeah. not like a stylized knife it looks like a real he's gonna it's murder a knife. people with that knife why and and the other thing too is and he's wearing like a jack like a creepy jacket yeah there's yeah. a lot going on here and also scoundrel yeah it's such well like i love i love that it's called the scoundrel because it. it's like oh he's like a little rap scal he's like a little scoundrel no he murders people he's a he serial like a killer <laughs> he looks like a murderer okay like it, it, you know what, if it was, I would be 100% certain if that knife was, if that was a butcher's knife, I would be like, this is, this is yeah, our Mike Myers. Like, yeah. 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 Well, but let's yeah, talk about know, weird, weird character, real, real freaky character. Uh, they have the scorched earth ability, which is where they take their torch and they place the torch in a clearing, remove all enemy pieces there. Pieces can no longer be placed in or moved into this clearing that is absolute that is pieces nothing can ever touch that clearing ever mm -hmm. again mm -hmm. um Fine. you start with two boots a torch and a crossbow um so Oof. he's carrying a knife but doesn't start with a sword i find that hilarious. <laughs> um <laughs> either way 
This clearly means you start defenseless, which is a big thing. So you're opening often while you're doing your explores. You are a threatening Vagabond. People are afraid of Scorched Earth. It's going to be a problem for them. So this is a Vagabond that people do want to punch, especially because you are defenseless early. They can do some very real damage to you. Right. So the main right. use I see out of the Vagabond is those two boots mean you can explore and then get out of dodge. Get at, right. the, the, the ruins Run. are in the center of the map where all the action is kind of gravitating towards. Your goal as the scoundrel is to explore your ruin and then go jump to a clearing where it's like, listen, you're going out of your way if you want to come Get in the corner. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Basically get in the corner and uh, just the corner that maybe isn't being used by someone that's yeah. possible for a player game. There's yeah. going to be a corner left out. Right. Uh, or, you know, if the cats are in the game, just go hang out with like a lone cat away from all the other right, factions. Right. That's if you can get, you if do. you can go hide underneath some lizards and you feel relatively confident Beautiful. that the lizards aren't going to be suited to attack you, then cool. Yeah. But yeah, Scoundrel, those two boots are actually useful for like, I really need to not get hit here. Let me get out of right. the way. Um, then in the mid game, uh, so here's the only balance of this torch thing is lots of quests use torch as their required ability so the, the the main idea of quests is once you finish exploring maybe you do a couple quests with your torches that's rare quests aren't a very good source of points and for the scoundrel too it's hard to justify it because honestly i argue the torch is best used uh earlier not not you're not trying to use it as fast as possible mm -hmm. but you are looking for it to do the most damage to one or more of your opponents than possible. You aren't looking for it to score you the most points. You don't actually get that many points off of Scorched Earth because you're not doing a battle, right? So because right. you're not doing a battle, you're not scoring those extra points that you would get. So when you when you clear a clearing with Scorched Earth, all you're getting points for are the tokens that you clear, none of the warriors. But yeah, right, right. Because it, yeah, because it's not a battle. It's okay, not a yeah. battle. You're only getting points for tokens, and it's rare for there to be like a boatload of tokens that you're going to clear with a scorcher. It's usually going to be like right. two tokens, maybe. Um, right. But what you're really trying to do is controlling access to positions on the board. So the best, like the the theoretical example here would be the best place to torch on the game board is uh, what Waterman refers to as Texas. If we're talking about the auto map, there's a fox clearing towards the bottom left center not quite it's like one away from the bunny clearing in the bottom left center that fox clearing is attached to five other clearings and other mm -hmm. factions use that movement a lot to get all around and do crazy stuff right if you torch that clearing you limit everyone's mobility to such a high degree that you can really mess up most of their game which is why you right. don't want to hold this to like the last turn because you could do more damage to your opponents if you mess up their mid and late game as opposed to just like maybe their last turn or whatever so you're really yeah. not trying to hold off on this torch for as long as possible you are trying i had a game on i think it was the mountain map and the mountain map there's tons of interconnectivity it's really hard to limit access but at the very least i was able to find a clearing where it was sort of the linchpin of katz's wood network so I nuked that clearing as early as I could, and then the cats had such a difficult time building anywhere because their whole uh, wood network got destroyed because right. it was so hard to get around them in other ways. Other factions were, were ruling some other territory, and it just became impossible for them to ever build. You're looking for those sorts of opportunities to deny access to, to points on the board. When we were prepping this episode, Matt, uh, you mentioned something that I had never thought about uh, for this, which is, and I'm sure a lot of... Uh, like vagabond players have already realized this but the idea that scorched earth is something you play once the table has turned on you to buy yourself some time because it's yes. inherently defensive because it cre if you do it at the end of your turn 
you get to stay there right. and no one else can come in right. basically yeah. i did not i did not put all that together yeah, I, until I, I didn't said that. i didn't put it together until i played a real game of scor uh, scoundrel scoundrel i put off playing for a long time and then when the, the first time you play it you're like oh wow that's weird because it's that you can't move into or place pieces there but if your piece is already there you have right. a one turn opportunity to stay in the scorched earth clearing and no one gets to go there and do anything to you so you have right. this extra advantage of using scorched earth when you aren't tapped down on a bunch of other items right you don't want to be damaged a bunch you want to use scorch earth and the next turn refresh a bunch of items and still also go kill other stuff or whatever right um or, or whatever you need to do but yeah there there is an idea that the single turn that you use it it is a defensive ability as well you can get everyone to lay off you and sometimes you use it just for that sometimes you use it like i'm about to get some heat time to just nuke this clearing so that i can chill right. for a second i need right. i need a turn like th there are maybe turns where you have a ton of exhausted items but none of them are damaged and you don't have the t to keep up with that you might torch the clearing that turn and do nothing else so that then the next turn you know you tapped a couple extra items this turn and then you get three more next turn and now you're going into it with like a full five or so items that just buys you a little bit of time uh, before you have to like do something drastic like go into the forest just to unexhaust everything. Right. It's uh, to me, it's like preempting you going into the forest. Yes. It's like, okay, I'm, am I going to have a forest turn or do I go ahead and use uh, scorched earth? Right. Get a few points, not that many, but like a point or two. Yep. Uh, instead of going into the forest. Right. Uh, and I I think it's great for that. Yeah. The way I think about uh, playing the scoundrel is that you are playing wind slayer. And you, and that's how your meta de, uh, revolves around the table. Is is you you are selling this idea of like, listen, at any point I can burn this torch, and if you want it to not be you, you can go easy on me, and I can make sure I limit someone else's game. I'm here to help the table hurt the big target, right? If Eerie get a little too ahead of themselves, I can go in and I can nuke a clearing that ruins the Eerie's decree or whatever, something like that. Yeah. You can do a lot of damage and that's what you're selling to the table is the idea that like, hey, listen, I can really knock someone out of this, but I'm not going to use it until it's like obviously a good opportunity for it. Um, so yeah, I, I, I really think of yourself as a as not a like, I'm going to grab a million swords and go carve everyone up, but I am going to control a lot of the uh, positioning and meta of this table and they need to encourage me to to use it against someone else yeah yeah um best vagabond in the game yeah probably. i think my favorite one i still I haven't even played the scoundrel and i think it's my favorite one <laughs> yeah i think it's a lot of people's favorite uh, i think that i think vagrant scoundrel and this next one we're about to talk about all hit that sweet spot of like not too good but still fun and can actually play with the meta a little bit in a way that is that is truly interesting rather than just yeah. like the same old tune. Oh, Vagabond's too powerful. Here we go. Right. Baby, These all get baby to play bears in the bowl of porridge, we yep. call it. Yep, yep. absolutely. So our, our last one of those, our, our last mid-tier Vagabond is the Adventurer. It's this cute little owl that's like a monk or something. He's like a little priest <laughs> with a staff and a metal. I love him. I love him so much. He's perfect. <laughs> he is really cute, actually. And the adventurer has the ability improvise. This is another one that doesn't cost a torch, um, but it can sometimes use a torch. It's once per turn, you may damage any item to treat it as another item for a quest. Uh, so uh, the the idea here is uh, this is actually our questing uh, vagabond. None of the other vagabonds are good at questing, and this one actually maybe gets to do some questing. You also start with a boot, a torch, and a hammer. It's our second hammer uh, one, which means 
they have the ability to get up to three hammers. However, as we talked about last time we talked about the Vagabond, the Tinker has the added benefit of sifting through the discards to get that third hammer, and Adventurer doesn't have that. So Adventurer can very easily get to two hammers, but has a very hard time getting a third hammer. Um, so right. you're not very likely to get like all of those things we talked about with Tinker getting three hammers. Um, but it is possible for you. Regardless, uh, the Adventurer is a thing where you are good at questing, but again, you have to explore early games. You're, you are not starting those quests until after you've gone through and gotten all of your starting items. You still need your starting items uh, pretty badly. Uh, I would yeah. say you, would need, you at least need a sword to defend yourself. Um, a bag would be nice because we start with the hammer, so we're probably going to be able to craft some of our own items. But you don't necessarily need to explore for a bag. You might, there's a decent likelihood you'll end up with a bag in your hand that you can just craft. So like, if you really want to get started on questing, uh, you could ignore the last two ruins if it's like the boot and the bag are left. If you get the sword and the hammer right off the bat, you realistically could walk away from questing if you or uh, from exploring if you wanted to. Because the other side effect of it is questing obviously has the choice of points or card draw. And those early card draws are a big deal for your ability to sift the deck and get those craftables that you can use your hammer on. It's kind of a perfect synergy. So even if you're not using the adventurer to do a big questing run where you win all of your games because you did all the quests, you're using this questing ability to get a lot of early card draw to pull off your mid game. The the worst thing that can happen to you as the adventurer is the quest deck is just mean to you. Sometimes there's quests that are just such a pain in the butt to, to deal with. Um, a, a good example of this would be something like uh, the double sword, I think is kind of annoying as a venture. Obviously, you can like burn the torch and then tap your sword you find in the ruins for the quest, but you run into those weird little situations where sometimes damaging an item is a pain and that's the other balance too is you're not always able to craft because you have to use your hammer very often to repair the item that you damage to use improvise it's this it's right. like a perfect little synergy within it which makes it a good balanced vagabond rather than an overpowered vagabond but it does have that downside of like well you're not gonna you're not gonna just steamroll through all this because all of your abilities sort of balance each other out so yeah the the early the, the questing points, though, I, I always feel weird passing up on points, especially as a weaker Vagabond, where it's like, you know what, sometimes you need every point you can get, but that card draw can actually result in more points in the long run, right? If you get yeah. your, if you find your anvil, that's a couple points. If you find, uh, you know, plenty of craftables, you can get your item network up to enough to where you can do more quests later, as opposed to, and, and, and questing still isn't even the best use of your abilities, but the adventurer is one where if you, like, don't luck yourself into a lot of swords to craft yourself, you're not, you're not going to necessarily get to do the rampage run that everyone else does, so you actually might be in this decent limbo of, like, questing and aiding and, and all of that because of your additional card draw. I would use the first quest of every suit for sure for card draw mm -hmm. unless like my, my hand is like bloated and falling apart you know if, if i've gotten ahead of myself i'm not going to do three quests in a row on the same turn <laughs> to get six right. like that's too much <laughs> but i will use in theory the first quest of each deck uh as card draw and then sometimes even the second one like i will i will maybe pass up on two points for two cards if i if the situation aligns itself that is significantly more rare but i will definitely do the first the, the single point i will give up on for some extra card draw that could be items that i could craft right yeah i i like the adventurer the least of all the cool vagabonds right. i think just because i just can't get invested in the quest system mm -hmm. because of i wish it didn't have like the kind of rng aspect built exactly. into it of yeah, which ones you get um 
which is i mean i think i think it makes a lot of sense the way some people use it they're like oh it's just good to get an extra card off yeah. of it every once in a while it's not like a point generator for you right. um but yeah the fact that the adventurer specializes in that i find that less enticing than like you know the vagrant or uh mm -hmm. the scoundrel mm -hmm. basically yeah i i i think it's um the most interesting vagabond but its ability can just get you nowhere sometimes. Like there, right. there are just games where it, it didn't get you anywhere, and that me, and then that turns the starting items into actually not very good. <laughs> like yeah. a starting hammer is always decent. That's always going to be useful. You can right. guaranteed get two items. But if if your quest deck is like really unforgiving, even getting the card draw can be really hard. It's just a, it's a hole that can be really hard to dig yourself out of. Yeah, and I question the value of damaging yeah. your items. Yes. Or I, I wish you didn't have to damage them. I wish you could just. I don't know, just exhaust them right. like wild or whatever. I don't know, maybe even just the torch being a wild exhaust. Right. I think I would maybe even like that better. I hate, I hate when I catch myself redesigning the game though. That's yeah, horrible. Sure, but, sure. but that it it does hurt. It, the damaging uh, hurts hurts yeah. my brain. Well, and especially you're damaging yourself, and then other players have this incentive yes. to come damage you. So it's like right. that hammer isn't just to undamage the item you damaged. Like it, that hammer also is sometimes needed because you got punched or whatever. So it's like the second an adventurer gets punched, you're, you, you, it becomes really annoying and difficult to get out of that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just wish they had a little extra something. I don't know yeah. what it is, but I just wish there was a little something there. Uh, love the hammer, though. Just starting with a hammer is basically its own you know faction bonus yes so. yeah huge 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 deal every single time all right well we are going to take a quick little break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh the ones that are super good and, and boring to talk about because they're so good and so <laughs> just so automatically win games that it's like oh why you, you don't even need us you you will play the faction you'll be like yeah no, no no i get it, it i got it yep i'll win yeah. sure cool sounds good but let's take a quick little break Okay, we're back. We got two more Vagabonds to cover, and then we get to play games. Then we get to do fun things. Uh, and Same I'm more time. excited for the fun things than I am to talk about these two Vagabonds. Even though yeah. these two Vagabonds are really good and arguably very fun, but I don't find a lot of fun in steamrolling my friends. Uh, so, <laughs> Or, alternatively, you either steamroll or your friends beat you, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of just a lot of you sitting around. Yeah, That's yeah. a weird thing about the yeah. Vagabond right now. So the funny one we're starting with then is the counter to that. So, okay, sure. we've laid out this thing already where we talked a lot about Tinker in the first one. We're about to talk about Harrier. There's a whole Harrier problem. Harrier and Tinker are the two best Vagabonds. But their big weakness is, oh, we can punch. We can just punch the ever-loving muffins out of them. But <laughs> punch the muffins out of them. They're full of muffins. They're full and we're of muffins. And we're them gonna out. punch the muffins out. A good punch muffin. Uh, so we have this other option. We have a. There's a third way that I am arguing is the best way. Uh, and, and you'll actually hear that in uh, Woodland War Machines episode. But I, it's a case I'll make here as well, which is our arbiter, which is a, th their ability is useless. It's protect. This is the last time we're ever going to talk about their ability. Protect before rolling in battle. The defender may enlist the arbiter if he is in the battles clearing. The arbiter scores one point and adds undamaged swords to the defender's maximum rolled hits. We'll talk about it in a second. It's very bad. It's useless. They start with a boot, a torch, and two swords. This is the only vagabond that has two swords, which means you then find a third sword in the ruins, and you could technically come across two more swords through crafting or aiding other people who craft swords. So you can get up to five swords. So that's awesome. Nice. But also, just as an opener, 
you start with two swords. So this whole idea of like punch the vagabond twice in the first, you know, make him go into the forest twice in the first four turns. Uh uh, not with the arbiter. That's way too costly for everybody else at the table, especially in the early game. I have two swords, so if you roll bad enough, you coming to attack me is going to do just as much damage to your early game as it's going to do to mine. It is not right. worth anyone's effort to get in the way of your early exploration. We talked about the scoundrel having to like explore and then jump out of dodge. The arbiter is the opposite of that. The arbiter is just like, I'm here, deal with it. You don't get to do anything to me, especially. If their first explore is a third sword, like that's it. That's that's the game. If the arbiter gets a third sword, because nobody gets to say anything about anywhere the arbiter ever decides to go. So I'm gonna spend most of these sections just talking about how to beat these <laughs> vagabonds, and not right. even I don't even care about trying to teach you, yeah, or teach you anything. I can't teach you anything. But uh, so on defense, vagabond still triggers hostility, though. Correct. Correct. The movement can become a big so problem. So this is how you get them. Yeah. You make sure to trigger hostility with everybody. Yes. And then maximize the movement. Ah, oh, this isn't even a good idea, though. Well, it's fine. Because... But, but to put it in, from the Arbiter's perspective, there is a thing where you might be tempted to, in the early game, use those two swords while you're still exploring. And I encourage mm -hmm. you not to until you get your second boot. For the Arbiter, that second boot is very, very critical. You start with one, but you definitely right. need that second one because there are going to be fisticuffs in this game and you need right. the extra movement, um, especially depending on the factions. If Katz is in the game, like you need, need, need the extra movement. Um, but like Hunter's saying, the other factions definitely have this incentive of maybe they're not punching you every single turn, but they're going to punch you once. Because they right. want you to do a little bit of damage to them so that then your early game is really annoying. Now, this is easy to solve for the Arbiter because you're slipping every single turn into the next clearing. So you're guaranteed to find that boot, that second boot, before you really have to do any normal movement, right? If you can just slip right. from ruin to ruin every turn, it's a slow start, but it's just as slow as most Vagabonds early games. And once you get that second boot, now you can go do something different. Ugh. And then you're going to get your third sword as well yep. and your hammer yep. and your bag. And yep. that's just, yeah. The, the, oh, the bag man. thing is another important note, though, uh, of the Arbiter can run into a really dangerous predicament where they do not get a bag and they get too many items. And similar to uh, our, our other Vagabond we talked about with too many items, our Ronin, you can have too much stuff in your bag and you have to destroy sure. something. And it's very hard to talk yourself like it. You sometimes might have games where you you get rid of your second sword. Wait, is that is that correct? Because we st we have three things. We're gonna get we get three more, and we're you have, good. You start with four items: a boot, a torch, oh, the a sword, and I a forgot. sword. You might get a third sword, and then a hammer, and then a boot. And now you have to destroy right. an item. Yeah, I forgot about the torch because the torch is not used for the ability. Yeah. So I was like, wait, yeah. but you have to have a torch for exploring. Right. Okay, yeah, no, so that, you, that is a problem. And in that you situation, you might be incentivized to destroy the sword because you are, you're, do you need five swords really? And if you got no, your second you sword, need... do you need three swords really? And that, that, then you've sort of diminished the whole purpose of the Arbor outside of like maybe you bought yourself the early game by having those two swords. But it's very, it's not that uncommon to destroy the sword if you overflow your bag. So I would say if you're playing against the Arbiter, we have to bet on the bag coming out in at an inopportune time, yep. meaning that we are on a no craft bag policy across the board. Throw right. the bags away, throw them in the trash, yeah, get absolutely. rid of them. Yeah, nobody yeah, else should craft so, a bag. You don't want to give the Arbiter an out. And if anything, you want to craft other items because the Arbiter might get greedy 
You not, I mean, you won't craft teas or you won't craft coins. Things that are outside the satchel don't craft those. Sure. But if you craft some extra boots and you craft, you know, the extra sword or whatever, we can stop them. We can yeah. beat them. But if they get the bag, then you then now you've just handed them items and it's all over. <laughs> so yeah, it, yeah, it go yeah. it goes both ways. Um, let's talk about that ability and why you'll never use it. First off, sure. you will never use it. It's not an ability for you. It's, it's an ability that other people use. It's somebody else in a combat as the defender can enlist the help of the arbiter, right? So you'll never use it. You'll be constantly reminding people, hey, I'm here, you could use this ability. But let's talk about the other reason it's really bad. The arbiter scores one point and adds undamaged swords to the defender's maximum rolled hits. So so two okay. things happening there. One rolled hits you are not you these are not extra hits that the defender gets sure. access to yeah, yeah, yeah it's the number of rolled hits and that maximum right is always three it's always going to be three because that's right. what the dice go up to and guess what the defender is really bad at getting <laughs> a mm-hmm. three because right. the high roller gets the three the, the attacker gets the high roll gets the three you would have to be a three three for these swords to even really come into play at all the only time right. this ability is useful is if someone is it someone with three warriors is attacking someone with one warrior where the arbiter is and now a three three could give that single warrior a chance to kill all of the incoming warriors right yeah but yeah even in that situation the defender still loses all their stuff underneath their single warrior like the other person still got three hits or whatever it really doesn't do anything and there's no way for anyone to use it except for the idea that like you don't even choose to do it other people choose to do it so it's it's just an ability that, that doesn't impact you yourself in any way shape or form it's not it's right. not it's nothing you'll ever use it's a thing the table might use but really doesn't care about yeah defender may enlist is the rules as written enlist that's a funny verb yeah uh so i guess that means they can just use it right they don't even need yeah the, i don't think the, they need your permission is my understanding yeah. of it and everything i've seen is is they just do it um so i don't know su- super weird i don't know maybe errata us if that's wrong but e- regard no one's gonna errata us on that because nobody cares because n- nobody even enlists the ability basically is well the and point. that's not even the point of the arbiter the point of the arbiter yeah. is two swords right that's what it is two swords like, to start and a potential maximum of five swords those are those, right. are those are your two superpowers um you also it's worth noting your five so if you get up to five swords it's weird because you can't do more than three hits in the battle like you, the, the five swords right. doesn't mean you can now do five hits it means that now when you tap a sword and then do a fight if you take a hit you could damage that sword because you have plenty in backup your swords are also your armor to a certain extent and you don't have to damage important boots or you never have to take a bag armor and then be like oh i'm in trouble a little bit with my bag situation you never have to go down in anything else because you can damage you have up to two swords you can damage and not be out anything like you've lost nothing you've lost no power had with five combats in one is there a way that we could put enough stuff in, <laughs> to, to like, withstand five combats? It'd have to be well, like Duchy and Eerie both stacked up in the same territory. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it doesn't even make sense. Like, and also uh, another another thought experiment is: Could Arbiter score thirty points in one turn with five <laughs> swords? I think they could. It would just be about you'd have to have such a crazy stack of yeah. things there, right? But like, let's say it's like three buildings and it's the cats and there's like a bunch of wood there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think we could do it i I think think we could could, yeah you have to not you you, the only thing standing in your way is the amount of hits that you you end up taking yourself but yeah you you definitely with 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 five individual attacks that all can score up to three hits (laughs) you can get 
quite. I mean, that's that's bare minimum fifteen points. Uh, and that, and you that would can be a get fun more thought experiment. That. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, last up is Harry himself. This mean, 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 terrible woman, uh, <laughs> the Harrier. She's a flying squirrel. She's carrying an axe and like a bag of urine. I, this is the scariest art. She, <laughs> she is such a nightmare scenario. Everything about her is, is it's orange juice. Okay, sure. it's a bag of orange it's a ba- juice. It's a bag of orange juice. A bag of orange juice. So what, the I Harrier, mean, what do you? The Harrier has glide. You use a torch to move to any clearing. Exhausting. No boots. There's no limit. You have a teleport. You go wherever you want. You don't start with a boot. You start with a coin, as if they need it. You start with your torch. You start with a sword, as if you need it. And you start with a crossbow, as if you need it. Uh, they could have started the Harrier with, like, a single torch. And that's <laughs> it. And Harrier still would have probably been a decent faction. <laughs> right. Uh, yep. So this is the one that everyone talks about is, like, probably the best uh, Vagabond in the whole game. The best. Yeah, um, the best Vagabond. You start with a sword, so you don't even start defenseless. If you If you get a second sword... You actually don't need to keep exploring, like at all. <laughs> you don't ever. You don't need boots because you can slip into a clearing, attack, right. and then glide to a second clearing. So there's always two clearings on the map. One of them adjacent to where you already are, and one of them anywhere, anywhere that you can yeah. attack at all times. Right. So if you get right. a second sword, wherever you want to go, you can go. There's nothing holding you back. If you get a second sword, what what I said when we were prepping this that I think is the right way to think about it. Once the Harrier gets the second sword. They are in their late game. Yeah. <laughs> they have entered the late game for themselves. Right. Yeah. You you, you like you want a bag because you'd like some extra items, I guess. You want like at this point you want boots for armor. You're not using boots for anything except for damageable items. Right. Um you li- you literally never have to tap a single boot in the entire game if you don't want to. Obviously, you're not really using glide until you've finished exploring the ruins. And this is the biggest thing with the Harrier is what you realistically should be dealing with is a table who is a hundred percent punching you every single opportunity they can. So your time. first turn is explore a ruin. Your second turn is go into the forest. Your third turn is going to a second ruin. This is the other reason you really might just get your sword and move on from ruins at all because it's not worth spending eight turns exploring ruins if the table has agreed to punch you as often as possible. Right, now after yeah. turn four, they probably have better fish to fry and don't need to just keep slapping the Harrier. But your first four turns can be very rough. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and they should be rough, right? Yeah, Otherwise, deserve the, these players are going to lose, uh, and you're going to win. Right. Uh, congrats <laughs> to you. I think that's the problem with Harrier, is that it is either, I think, a game where you end up grabbing so many points, and there's no real way to deal with it, uh, or you don't have any fun because yeah. the other players are doing the right thing, yeah, which is exactly. to prevent you from having any fun. So... <laughs> Kind of, yeah. I don't know. It's like a catch twenty-two. Is that a catch twenty-two? I don't know what a catch twenty-two is. I haven't read the book. Okay, but I've yeah. noticed most people bring up catch twenty-two and then have not read the book. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, I think I just get what it is, but it seems like a hard thing to get. Personally, anyways, that was my that was side your, about catch weird catch twenty-two rant. Um, so my strategy for you in the mid game is to accept what you deserve. Uh, that's my strategy. Socially, sure. don't complain that you're getting punched. You chose Harrier, bud. You asked for right. this. Um, also you don't this is my other kind of weird argument that probably deserves errata but I don't think you need a bunch of extra items I don't think you need the soak damage on your attacks you're probably going to accept that you're going to go into the forest you're going to go into the forest every other turn quite often right that's just going to happen to you so 
you might as well not tempt yourself <laughs> with the X, like with like, oh, I have like two items next turn. I could maybe pull off one more turn. That's certainly possible, but you will probably luck yourself into enough items. I would not go out of my way to make sure I get more items. That's why I'm like, if I get my if I get my sword, I'm done exploring. I'm not gonna waste my time. I'm I'm just gonna go what for it. What if though? What if there isn't a good policeman at the table though? I mean, if there isn't a good policeman at the table, you just win. Like yeah, I guess there's that's not the really. Point, I mean, nothing like, else matters at that point. If it's like cats, lizards, corvids, right? Forget about it. What do you even do? There's nothing for them to do, no, really. Yeah, I mean, you definitely win the game in that in that situation. It's very hard. Wow, to, you definitely do. You completely do. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's it's such a weird faction. It's it's hard. Is to... that a legal? Actually, though, is that a legal combination of factions mm, as far as two reach goes? Plus, is lizards two as well? It might not be four nine yeah. plus cats. You said nope. That's enough. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Cats mm. makes anything legal pretty much in a four player yeah. game. Cat. If cats are present, it's a legal game more more or less. Yeah. So there's no policeman there. So I don't know. I would say in that situation, just uh, I don't know. Have a blast. Yeah. Uh, pick your poison. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, if there's more policemen at the table, if we, you know, Eerie with Commander, mm -hmm. stuff like that, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. River Folk. Yeah. It's, it's, there's not much to say. I don't, I don't even care to, to like, there's probably a bit more that could be discussed with Harrier strategy, but like, go watch our tournament. Go watch any Harrier game in our tournament or the winter tournament uh, or anything, and you'll see like how ridiculous it gets. They just, they just fly off a handle and it gets crazy. Um, yeah. So yeah, don't, don't worry about any other items past the first sword. Okay. So now we get to do fun stuff. Now we're going to turn it over to a little game we're going to play with Woodland War Machine. Here we are. I want to welcome some friends, some dear friends of ours. Hopefully you've already listened to uh, their episode. No, our episode is first. I don't remember the order of anything. It doesn't matter because it's we recorded things out of order. So there's going to be things in their episode where we're like, yeah, and then you can come on our show later. And it'll be three days ago as you listen to this. The, that's the later. Hi, I'm Matt. I, I want to introduce my guests from Woodland War Machine, the un, another unofficial root podcast. Can, can we say hi to Jake? Hi, Jake. Hi. Thanks for having us, Matt. I'm so excited. Thrilled to have you. We've also got Sam or Murder She Root. Hi, Matt. Oh, it's great to be a part of uh, this episode on what is the greatest Vagabond Week we've ever had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big, big vag uh, Vagabond Week vibes. I've also got Kyle, a.k.a. Waterman121 here. Hello. Howdy, guys. How's it going? This is definitely the Shark Week of Root, and uh, <laughs> I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... We've Hunter and I have already done all the all the mental gymnastics and hard strategic work for you all, and and we didn't want to you know, you know you you all are obviously smarter than us, so we didn't we didn't have time for you all to come on here and one up us and give better strategic insights than we're capable of. So we decided you're only allowed to come on our show if it's for a stupid bit. Okay. So that's it. That's why you're here is for our for my stupid bit that Hunter did not approve. I I, I didn't necessarily disapprove. I was just unaware. You know what I mean? It's like a. It's like a band, and you just started a song, and I'm like uh, on drums, like, oh, I guess I'll figure this out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> it's all jazz, baby. Come on, keep tempo. Let's go. Uh, no, we want to. I just wanted. To, I just want to. Uh, let's talk about some vagabonds. So we just got done talking about six, but but now we're 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 hitting up all nine, and I just want to get a feel for the room of like how vibes are these days for these different vagabonds are how do you all feel about the various vagabonds there whether it be their strategic 
value or your the fear they invoke in you any specific call outs for any of you of, of vagabonds you, you you think deserve special mention these days that aren't getting enough yeah well i think you know harrier and tinker take a lot of the headlines so i'm glad that we can highlight some of these net lesser known vagabonds i mm -hmm. think uh vagrant as you've mentioned matt has some potential that is untapped i think yeah being able to force yeah. other players to battle just is so much fun Right. Uh, and hopefully someone can find a way to make it a little bit more viable. <laughs> yeah, my, my reaction to that is that Vagrant it really does well in games that are highly entangled because you need a lot of pieces, like mm -hmm. enemy pieces, in the same clearing in order to make use of the ability. Uh, right. Instigate, which causes your opponents to fight each other. And so in games where there's like not a lot of enemy pieces sharing clearings, like Vagrant is yeah. going to be kind of a bust. But, right. you know, if you've got like... A bunch of big army factions around like maybe pick vagrant that actually could be pretty sweet yeah i'm 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 so into vagrant these days especially with uh riverfolk coming out on root digital and like yeah okay i could play i can still keep doing my tinker games or i can join vagrant randomly in games and lose all the time but have fun every time when i just <laughs> only look for opportunities to like do really weird fights against two of the other factions That's yeah like all i do anymore also one thing they've added uh is that you can play with two uh vagabonds now um and that means you can play against a com you can play a computer game against computers <laughs> where there's two vagabonds and you're not a vagabond <laughs> and there's two vagabonds to hit and they're not real people, so they don't get mad. So you can just practice. I mean, you'll win every time. It's not even really a challenge, to be honest. Um, but it is something that I have, that I did do last night, and it felt really good. Yeah, it's a therapy yeah. session for you, isn't it? Yeah. It's really more about getting out that aggression just in a safe way. Hit. Just practice hit. Mm -hmm. Just a good hit. Mm -hmm. Like, I hit that one, I hit Take the that, other you one. that, possum. That's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I Go feel back like to the woods. We got to get you some like Everlast punching bags that just have like the nine vagabonds <laughs> printed on them. Yeah. <laughs> so I can just practice. It's just, you got to hit. It's a simple strategy fighting yeah. the vagabond. It's just hit. That's all. It's so simple. Let's go, let's go around the table real quick and just by whatever metrics you want, favorite vagabond. And I don't care what that means to you. I mean, I care. I want you to explain it, but I, I, you get to decide what it means to you. Jake, favorite, favorite vagabond. Well, the one that excites me the most lately, especially since we've been talking about it so much this week, is the scoundrel because of mm. potential, which I think potential in a word is what I am searching for most. Like, as we've been talking about with Vagrant just now, it's like you're looking for opportunities, right? And the scoundrel is just an endless threatening of an opportunity <laughs> and i like i think as we've talked about like the vagab the vagabond no matter how you play it really requires some table talk to get right so uh mm -hmm. this is a person that has something to talk about every turn which is yeah scoundrel has a gun on the table yeah. and says well you talk you do the talking yeah. i'll just sit here and watch exactly we can talk about crossbows and swords all day but he has a gun so <laughs> can't deny that that's I, I haven't played with it enough to actually talk about it from an informed perspective but i've just got so excited about the potential now that i want to try it more we're not here for informed <laughs> no that's true i know you so brought us here totally to dance fun. yeah that's it. yeah we don't <laughs> <laughs> sam what about you favorite vagabond uh, i think uh, similarly for untapped potential i'm gonna go adventurer mm. i did a big uh, deep dive into the quest deck and have concluded that it's still not very good. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the adventurer is the one that interacts with the quest deck the most. So uh, for, for those 
for a quest win that I'm longing to see, I'm going to go adventurer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah, I, I'm going to be the guy that says I, that I'm most excited by the thief. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, keep it classic. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely the suit and tie of the <laughs> for sure. The little black dress. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite thing about the thief is that the ability is so petty um, that it just yeah. makes me laugh every time it gets used. And um, being able to, because it's like you steal one card from an opponent. It's like such a slap in the face more than a punch. (laughs) I like that it's not on a scale of good or bad. It's a scale of pettiness. I I love it. Well, it's it's good, too, because we talk so much about Harrier and the Arbiter and the and the Tinker. And and it's not Ranger and Thief really don't get enough traffic. Uh, because we've had them so long and then so now we all redirect to things like adventure and vagrant but yeah i I, before uh the expansion came out on root digital and you're just forced to play the classic vagabonds i kind of forgot how much fun thief can be to just go back to and have what feels like the authentic vagabond experience yeah yeah that's true um what about me are you gonna ask me my (laughs) one sure hunter what's your favorite vagabond um i'm gonna say uh, I only like to play the Tinker and the Harrier. Is that what it's called? Um, and it's because I don't want to lose the game ever. Because when I when I lose the game, I tend to, you know, I it's not as fun as when I win the game. Right, not to say right. that I get super upset when I lose. It's more like it will be more fun for me and less fun for the other players, which is also a that's a big part of the winning yeah. part and yes, how it feels right. good because they all feel worse mm-hmm. and you feel the best um mine's the vagrant because it's obvious yeah thank you for your input Hunter. we had a, we had a fun time earlier this episode talking about I, I i'd love to get y'all's read on this this was an important point of discussion earlier in this episode first what is the scoundrel what is it and second why is its knife so real? Is it is the scoundrel <laughs> definitely a serial murderer? Uh, I'd like I'd like some takes on that. Well, uh, yeah, no, it's a serial killer knife. That it's <laughs> that's what it is. And and until Kyle uh, Kyle Farron is that right? I think yeah. that's right. Comes on the show to explain why the because the knife is just it's just a tad too much on the realism side for this not to be a conspiracy theory that we can start right now that the scoundrel is meant to be a serial killer. I I agree. I've always thought of the scoundrel as the Chucky of Root. Yeah. And that knife uh, seals it for me, for sure. Also, yeah, Yeah. it's so weird that it is a black cat. It's a cat. Maybe maybe something related to the Marquis. And then it's got a, it's carved a pumpkin mask for a face. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Whoa. Well, yeah, it's particularly Hannibal Lecter because it's holding the head of the pumpkin, right? And then it's put a yes, candle right. inside of it. Yep. So, yeah. 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 It's like, what came yeah, first? Yeah. So, there's Halloween vibes. Mm-hmm. It's a black cat. Makes me think of black leather gloves. Makes me think of Italian Jallo films, which Jallo is the word for yellow. 
uh, I don't have time to. Is this just go a free association episode? All of a sudden, this <laughs> is jazz, baby. I'm just. This is I'm jazz. Just, Keep time, Jake. I'm trying to touch a lot of different. I'm trying to make it so this this joke is just for me and only for me, and that no one else is invited to the joke clubhouse. It does have some like mysterious bandages wrapped around its tail. I know. Yeah. It's a black cat, yep. which makes me think that it was maybe like some kind of outcast from the cat faction. Elephant Man. Yep. Elephant Man. David Lynch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That yeah. like went like absolutely like chaotic evil and yes, yes, and just like flipped. Like the cats are so much about like structure and organization. Like this mm-hmm. is the total like inversion of that. It, is the mask sure. Jello films? Is Italy. the mask and the pumpkin and the knife all like a Halloween reference? Is this a Mike? It's Myers totally. Vagabond that's the right? number one one. Is right? it's got to be a Mike Myers thing? Which you know that mask is a William Shatner mask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a William Shatner pumpkin. If you look carefully. Yeah, it is a William Shatter pumpkin. That's what I was trying to get at. It's a William Shatter pumpkin. That's what you were trying. Okay, great. We got there. Thank you, Jake. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, with, with, I, I, I want to get through some superlatives. Then uh, I requested that you all bring some to the table. This bit just keeps running, and I and I I, I get to steer it wherever I want. But I'm not going to lead with one. Sam, you said you did actually take my uh, my prompt, and you've prepared uh, maybe uh, at least a couple. Uh, superlatives you want to assign. Yeah. Uh, what? Get, let, let me see what you got. All right. I've got most likely to take you to prom and then have you home by midnight. And that's the arbiter. All right. Whoa. Powerful I but responsible. It. I love it. Yeah. Most oh likely to God. talk to your dad a little bit too long at the doorstep, I, too. I was going to be yeah. like, shake your dad's hand too yeah, long, yeah. but I thought that might be <laughs> too specific. Match, he's most likely to match the, the grip and energy of that handshake. Like he he leads into it. No, sir. This is my handshake. <laughs> Got another one here. Most likely to break your heart, even though they told you explicitly not to fall for them. And that's the ranger. I'm just Whoa. like, he's a bad boy and my heart goes out to him, you know? That's right on. Ronan, I feel like could be close too. They're both they both have a bad boy look. What you do know? I have yeah. for Ronan? I have most likely to follow you out to your car without being asked. You're right. He's a little bit creepier. He's a little bit creepier. This is good. Most likely to be immune to most snake venoms. Wait, can we guess? You can guess. Um I'm gonna go Ronan. No. Okay. It's the possum one. The you know what I'm talking yeah. about? The the of course, of course it is. While yeah. most animals look at a snake and see danger, a possum sees its next meal. You sub in the word vagrant for that word possum there, and then that's how you get I to where I'm at. I assume he'd been bit so many times he's now immune. Ooh, that's another way it could go, mm-hmm. but this is a possum fact, okay? Uh, I've got one. Who, uh, who is most likely... To, this one's gonna be hard. This is a hard one to sell. I'm not very good at. Most likely to Milton their office building, <laughs> Milton office space, burn the whole thing down. Yeah, yeah. Who is most likely to, to to just be the Milton of their office park? And Ooh. I'm going adventurer here. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh. They've got a, those dead silent eyes that sit there and stare at you. <laughs> oh, jeez. Just, just thinking of all the ways you've wronged them. Uh, that's my. And all the quests. Yeah. They're gonna he go works on. in accounting <laughs> and has been real upset about you not turning in your paperwork on time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just can't handle it. I mean, I feel like. It's the vagrant just because of his eyes, which are like uh, guaranteed to burn something down. But you know, the scandal, <laughs> the scandal is the one everybody talks about because he talks about it so openly. <laughs> but he's too obvious, right? Right. Yeah, he he brings it up so much. They're like, okay, yeah, we get it. Write your poem, dude. And then it turns out it was vagrant the whole time. 
uh, Kyle, you, you, you threw out an idea at the start of this. And I don't think you had a, a vagabond in mind, but I would like you to tell us who is most likely to go to motorcycle heaven. <laughs> <laughs> most likely to go to motorcycle heaven. I think it's kind of a toss up between the Ronin and the Ranger, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I think those are the two most motorcycle-y vagabonds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say Ronin. I'm going to throw it to Ronin. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't w- which one has the little scar though? I feel like that's that. Ranger. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I'm Ranger gonna, has I, a little scar. I feel Ranger just because of the scar. It could be like a motorcycle scar. I feel like know? Ranger's most likely to work at a motorcycle shop, that's but I think Ronan's most likely to crash and go to motorcycle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Um, how about this? Uh, most likely to serve as natural pest control for farmers. <laughs> To serve as it, therefore, like this vagabond ground up into a fertilizer and spread, or what do you mean? It just says serve. Um, <laughs> okay. So I think I think it means like the verb, like to serve, like serving at, like you know, like in the army, they enlist to be to natural fight pest pests. control. I, yeah, I'm, you're, you must be thinking adventurer, the owl, right? The right. Owl oh, that's good. Swooping in. It was yeah. an owl fact. That's yeah. perfect. <laughs> All right, I've got one here. Um, most likely to work at a bar later in life. <laughs> Ooh, I'm I'm feeling hairier. <laughs> yeah, later in life though, you know, <laughs> hairier's going like, to grow what? into working in a bar. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> I so, yeah. I feel like Ranger feel would like be the hairier's person. Got a bright future, you know. I like, feel like Ranger would be the person to like dog on bartenders in general and belittle them and say you know i'd never do that and then at around 50 just <laughs> yeah be like, okay i gotta it. take a serving yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i think that's totally right i was i went with uh, arbiter because he'd be like a bouncer oh <laughs> right. yeah, that's true. perfect perfect bouncer um, uh, who's most likely to settle down in bakersfield california <laughs> um who uh, uh yeah, it's got to be the Harrier, right? <laughs> I was thinking Tinker. Yeah, Tinker. Tinker's my yeah. Tinker's kind of my. He's gonna get. Pro, he's gonna yeah. look for the best deal in terms of like value on real estate and like Bakersfield, uh-huh. you know, in general. And he's and gonna then every build a morning, show. go down to the beach and comb the sand with his metal detector. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think where we were going there with the Harrier is that like if it was just like most California, it, right. that would be Harrier. Harrier. Like most California is definitely I a agree. Harrier. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, I, I had a, a related one, which is uh, best invite to a party. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to. Th- I think scoundrel. <laughs> I don't want to go what? to that party. That's a party. Scoundrel's he, a serial killer. He, he brought a fight. gun to the party, Matt. <laughs> I mean, but you know, maybe, maybe. Maybe a serial killer would be good at a party. Scoundrel is most likely to hold a vendetta that we didn't give him a superlative. Sure. <laughs> That's true. It's because he oh, doesn't so we should understand. Do this to appease him. I and see. we also don't know his reaction under that mask because he's always creepy yeah, yeah. smiling. <laughs> yes. Kyle, who was your, who was your most uh, It uh, was Scoundrel because party. he's coming in costume yes. and you know oh, it's, yes. it's going to be like a fun wow. party. Oh, right? that's good. I knew it. For, wow. for a period of time, it'll be fun. <laughs> Did we, so we haven't given one to Thief. Does anyone have a good superlative for Thief? I have one. It's probably my weakest one. It's I have most likely to stay friends with everyone from high school. <laughs> I just thought Thief oh, is pretty that's friendly. <laughs> that's good. I was yeah, going to say most likely to work at the high school later. <laughs> yeah, most likely to eat my the, the food that I leave out for the stray cat <laughs> that I feed in the back. Most likely to eat that if I feed the cat too late and the cat doesn't eat all of that food. Most, less, most likely to show up and then eat that food 
And then I get a That's little thief scared. Thiefer Ronin. That's Thiefer Ronin, though, It's right? Thief. It's definitely Thief. There's a bunch of them. And then they all come out. Vagrant is most likely to eat that cat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you say that, there was a Vagrant the other night out there, and I was a little bit like, this is getting gross You're underrated! Now. I mean, oh. <laughs> when you see an actual possum i i instantly i'm just like it feels dirty they just feel dirty i feel yeah. dirty when i see a possum i don't know and that actually might not be fair to possums they might be really clean you don't know how they, they feel like about nothing. you is the real thing yeah <laughs> i mean i just i just love when i look out in the back and i see a possum just starting a fight between a cat and an owl <laughs> <laughs> Do it! Hit him! <laughs> Claw his eyes out! Well, thank you all for joining us. That was, that was our bits. I want to thank Woodland War Machine for joining us and indulging me on this. Uh, it's just so fun to get to do stuff with y'all, and, and I hope we do a lot more. So, so Jake, sure. Sam, Kyle, thank you all so much for, for hopping on our show. And, and we all obviously love being on yours, which your guys' episode comes out this Thursday. Yep. So, so if you want more of this weird energy, I guess, uh, <laughs> tune into their show, please, on Thursday. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this was great. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, I also liked it. <laughs> why, did you, why did you say that? <laughs> we needed like a button to go out on. Yeah, that. Was and we found it. Boy, howdy! <laughs> <laughs> we found wow. <laughs> they call you the closer, right? That was it. Yeah, yeah. I was like, well, we need a most likely we, to close this show assault. flawlessly. <laughs> Alrighty, thank you for joining us. I want to thank our weird bears, Farganess, Squeamish Emu, Botbot, Ponchadori, Brian, Kaluin, John, Son of Leto, Istoria, Mate Nason, Sunfax, Broduel, Rwise, Absol, and TG Welch. And I want to thank our little peace turtles, Patience is a Virtue, My Son is Also Named Bort, Anvalier, Kraken, Dark Jutsu, Frank G, Gazkio, Carnal, Brave Sir Robin, Alice, Naderade, Nick, and Uncle Batty. Yeah. Um, okay, so Galactic Council um episode has been decided it is matt and hunter improv a yes. homebrew faction and you will be hearing it uh soon within like the next week yeah um it'll be an extra episode in the feed so you can expect it on like a thursday or whatever or maybe what happened last time is it gets released on tuesday and then the normal episode releases on th i don't know we make yeah. it up as we go along here something along those lines you will get it it will be extra in the feed uh and it will be released on some sort of timeline uh as far as patreon stuff in general we're going to kick that can down a week. Normally, this is when I would announce the new Galactic Council poll yeah. and the new Homebrewers Guild thing. But I don't know if you know, we're in the middle of a tournament and I we have not had time to really put everything together for that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to kick that can down one week. Um, in fact, we'll probably we'll probably have it in the Galactic Council episode. So there you go. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Homebrewers Guild. Finally, I have a date for the stream for the uh, homebrew promissory notes um, game that will be on May 15th um, after the uh, tournament game that flat tomatoes will be streaming. Uh, so probably around 1800 UTC. Yeah. Um, so somewhere around that time uh, yeah. we will start, which I believe is like evening time central. Something it's like, like that. 3 PM central basically. Okay. Or, cool. or late afternoon early evening. And sometimes flat tomatoes games, those, those euros like to end those games pretty early. They always have the fast games. Mm -hmm. So could, could be That's earlier true. than that. We'll, we'll try to like be very vocal about it on the day of your upcoming yeah. tournament schedule for this coming weekend, Friday, May 7th, 1800 UTC on the space cats, uh, Twitch Saturday, May 8th at 9 UTC on the Flat Tomatoes Twitch. 
and Saturday, May 8th, 1800 on the Space Cats Twitch. Yeah. So you're getting double duty on Saturday, May 8th. Um, yes, that's Mother's Day this coming weekend. Uh, so Hunter's got to go kiss his mommy. Uh, so, yep. so yeah, there will be there will be back to back streams of Ti. Basically, Ti for yep. like sixteen hours on Saturday. Right. Yep. Uh, and then for the YouTube, uh, the usual more tournament games. Uh, I finally have everything on a schedule uh, that makes some sense. Uh, and thus far, we've it's wish us luck. Yeah. Because <laughs> everything has been working lately. And who knows? I'm going to knock on wood right now. Um, everything's been working lately. So tournament games are coming out. Uh, it's like it's like they are, they come out like a week after, yeah, basically, right, right, um, right. that they are played on the Twitch. So uh, if always you available. like our root content, if you like our Twilight Imperium content, if you like our tournament, if you like any of the stuff we do, please consider rating this show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to it. Give it five star ratings and tell us how much you like us because that would make us feel good. Give, give me the warm yeah. bubblies, and I would just feel really good about that. You can also find yep. more information about our Patreon, our Twitter, our Discord, our merch, all of our stuff at SpaceCatsPeaceTurtles.com. Just rate the show. Give me, like, a warm bubbly. I'm looking for a warm bubbly, please. Give me uh, five stu- five bubbles. Now I'm now like I'm it. imagining heated LaCroix. A warm bubbly. A warm, Ooh, a warm yeah. bubbly water. That sounds like I've... maybe the least appetizing drink. In existence. Five hot LaCroix bubbles <laughs> is what I want. And let us know that they are the LaCroix bubbles and not stars. Stars are no good. I'm tired of stars. I don't want stars. I'm not an elementary school student. Okay? I've graduated from stars and now I'm on to LaCroix bubbles. Warm, fizzy LaCroix. That's been I like my car. I like my juice flavorless and, and to hurt my throat if I drink it too fast flavorless LaCroix that you left underneath the seat in the car in the back seat and it's been there you don't know how long it's been there you found it just yesterday you're like how'd that get down there and and you find it and you're like I don't you can't even tell what flavor it is anymore because it's like sun bleached mm-hmm. like there's no you're just like around almost, and then it's it's when you open it it goes it like bubbles yeah. over a bit much yeah and you're like, I don't even know if I should be drinking this, but I found it, so I'm gonna drink it. And I bought this at some point. I bought it with my money. And are what, we I'm back just around to the money? trash monster? So now the trash monster lives in a van and and drinks un unlabeled Lacroix out of the back of unlabeled, their van. A unlabeled Lacroix. He likes it to be a surprise. You know what I mean? <laughs> surprise Lacroix. Who knows what flavor it's good? That's a good joke, actually, because you can't. It has no flavor. So. <laughs> You'll never guess. <laughs> I like surprise LaCroix. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Space Cats Peace Turtles. Thank you to all our patrons. And thank you to Brian Capillus for the use of his music. You can find more at wanderinglake.bandcamp.com. (laughs) 